You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode 146. Your chance is now. I am excited to announce the next Healthy Living Mastermind with Eric Sue. It starts January 9th, 2017. Over eight weeks, you will get Eric's proven health and wellness strategies to help you get your health back and achieve your fitness goals. Join in with other highly motivated people as we all support and inspire one another. Visit www.ericwsu.com forward slash mastermind for all the details. Are you a first time listener? Hey, welcome. My team and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are a long time listener, we thank you for your continued support. Do us a favor and share this podcast with all your friends because they deserve this amazing content as well. Okay, now on to the good stuff you all have been waiting for. Health tips, wellness advice, no hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue, the show that inspires, motivates, and educates you towards your healthiest life. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have an outstanding massage therapist with us today. His name is Kevin Troiano. We'll be talking about using energy and breathing to improve overall health. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Kevin. Kevin, are you ready to make it happen? I am indeed. Awesome. Formerly a musician, Kevin Troiano became certified in massage in 2001 and structural integration, KMI, in 2002. He studied connective tissue massage with John Latz and after extensive meditation led to intuition led to an intuitive breakthrough he created emergent healing in 2005 in its current form emergent healing involves deep tissue body work kmi massage energy clearing and breath work that kevin learned from clarant healer our audience yeah. David Elliott. All right. That was a, a, a kind of a mouthful there. Claire Audient healer. Yeah. Claire Audient is a tough one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I wish you had substituted that word. But anyhow, um, Kevin, that was just a little bit about who you are. Can you share with the audience a little bit more how you got started with massage? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually got started uh, with massage when I was really on the receiving end when I was over in uh, England. I was uh, fortunate enough to be in the University of Cambridge um, to study at St. John's College uh, for some of my music. Not that I studied very much. I ended up just uh, really enjoying the environment and uh, walking around. And it was a time of transition for me. And my mom turned me on to yoga. I stumbled upon Beryl Bender Birch's great book, Power Yoga, that made me open my eyes to sort of the Ashtanga tradition in yoga. And then I started getting a lot of body work from a lot of different practitioners, biofeedback, um, you know, Swedish massage, uh, Heller work down in London with a great guy named uh, Roger Golton. Um, and these experiences were so transformational for me that basically by the end of my time in Cambridge, I was meant to head off to the University of Chicago for graduate studies in music composition, and I just knew that I couldn't do that anymore. I had to shift. I had to shift my gears, and so my girlfriend at the time actually uh, seems like a sad story, but it's kind of chuckling in my heart, after, you know, in retrospect. Um, 
she was like, what are you doing? You know, she was, she was an artist and she knew me for a long time and we'd been off and on over several years. And she said, Hey, you know, why would you leave music? You're on the cusp of all this stuff. Why would you get into body work? You know, why would you suddenly, you know, start training in massage and go work as a childcare worker at House of the Children's Association? <laughs> like, why would you do that? And Whole Foods or whatever for $10 an hour part-time, why? And the answer was inside of me was something happened when I was in England with all this yoga and body work that really began what I would say was my actual journey in a way that it was really underway then. And that's where I was... Um, inspired and I got into the massage and then I got into my training with Tom Myers in, uh, in Kinesis Myofascial Integration, his version kind of of, of the whole thing, I guess. And um, that just expanded even further, things even further for me. Um, and I went from there, I guess. Excellent. Very good. Um, yeah. And then just so that our audience can learn a little bit more about who you are, can you share with us what's one cool or unique fact about yourself? Oh, wow. Um, I, guess it's, uh, I guess it's not necessarily unique, um, but I was really fortunate to be, again, blessed by that time in, in Cambridge. I was the recipient of something called the Davies Jackson Studentship, um, which when I was at Roosevelt University, <clears throat> I was uh, flagged down by the music staff there to apply for this really awesome opportunity and I was just fortunate enough to win it um, to go off to Cambridge for two years because I really see that journey over there as my beginning to understand that there was more for me to do here and I think that's the thing that probably jumps out for me the most was that I was lucky enough uh, to do it and there's actually a little funny story if I can quickly share it about yeah. how I learned that I had won. I, I reached out to the people and I said hey, I haven't heard back from you guys about this. I don't think I won, but I'm trying to figure out if I should, you know, apply now way too late to graduate school <laughs> um, after it was finishing up at Roosevelt. And they're like, oh, well, hey, you know, my my friend said, you know, oh, you got an email. I'm like, oh, okay. I opened it up and there it was. Oh, oh, sorry, you were supposed to be contacted. Uh, you won. <laughs> you know, like, you're coming here. And uh, sorry, someone was supposed to call you. And so it was one of those really funny moments where I was, reaching out to them to say, hey, did anybody, you know, win this? And I don't think it's me, but they're like, oh, no, actually, it is you, sorry, you know. Um, and, it, and so it was just really, that to me is um, not something unique about me, but something that I feel I was uniquely blessed to be able to experience. Got it. Very cool. It's one of those things that you you took the initiative and, and you were the winner all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some somebody got some papers misplaced. Their call wasn't made. It's one of those things where usually bureaucracy kills us, right? But this is one thing where I had a kind of sense of humor, like, yeah. oh, we just misplaced it. But you're 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 the winner. Yeah, here you awesome. go. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, let's get into this topic now, and let's talk about using energy and breathing to improve overall health. Um, when when somebody comes up and asks you about this topic here, how do you describe it to people, and how do you help people? Well, that's a great question. I I think um, that's the really cool thing about developing, I guess, and this is true for any of us. You know, developing our intuition is being able to tap into where someone is at in that moment, um, and kind of as you might with a personal training approach 
say, well, what's this person really going to need to find maybe their, their best shot at balance, I guess. And for me, when I encounter somebody, I really um, love to relax kind of into what might emerge here between us that allows us to have some common ground. Mm. And then you can use that to kind of open up in a gentle way, but also in a nice sort of, in a confident way too. Like, hey, you know, if you increase oxygen in your body in a specific way, your life can change. Mm. <laughs> and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like, well, okay, there's usually a supplement or some kind of infomercial associated, but this is actually like, no, you, you breathe and life changes. Mm. Um, and so it, I like the shortcut, I guess, that's in it, that's built into it. And my teacher, David Elliott, who I call my teacher, but he's just someone who's taught me this and who I've had, you know, session with and, and he is somebody who's opened my eyes to so many things through his written work, et cetera, that it's really changed things um, in my in my practice mm -hmm. because it's allowed me to realize that we really do have the ability to heal ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as indispensable as I like to be in my life to mm -hmm. the whole world, it, it's nice to know and relax into the idea that, no, actually, we can really do much. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, when, when you bring up the topic of energy uh, to someone, what's that conversation like? Because, like, I have energy, you know, someone may say, or what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, well, the the tough part is it's twofold, I think. It's talking about the idea of energy as sort of chi in maybe traditional Chinese medicine terminology, first getting people to recognize that they have energy. And then it, the second issue, probably more complicated, is talking to them about the idea of dark energy or entity energy and how that can affect them and then usually all the alarms in the world go off inside of people's heads because it becomes a question of well wait what is that you know what horror movie are you referencing now you know so a lot of the complexity for me actually doesn't happen with energy because most people these days are cool with the idea that quantum physically yeah we're energy um <laughs> but the challenging piece does usually become when you try to gently and clearly and also without panic and with a sense of levity introduce the idea that there are heavier vibrations that uh, can operate within human energy fields that can, you know, facilitate disease and really, you know, cause pretty substantial breakdown mm. <laughs> in how a person looks at themselves and the world. So it's important to kind of take note of those things and to take them very seriously. Otherwise, you know, my brothers and sisters and me, you know, all of us on this earth can get really bogged down in the idea that we're terrible or it's us that's bad or all that stuff. So I love to work with people around the idea that, you know, there's a lot of energies that are going to amplify mm. any negative thoughts that you have in your head. And they're not creating negative thoughts, okay? They're, they're taking advantage of the parts of us that cannot like us and then turning the volume up on that really, really loud. Hmm. So it's twofold, I guess. We, we, we are in there, and sometimes we need to work on our psychology. In fact, most of the time we do, because mm -hmm. it's problems in our psychology that open the door to negative vibration. But there's also a really important factor, which is that you have to increase your vibration and your energy in order to sort of clear out your system so that you can deal more directly, more authentically with your psychology uh, and it's usually way more workable mm. after you clear out the vibrations. Um, 
I know I know you can answer this question. Is there a way somebody can tell if they have what type of energy they have? Well, again, I mean, I think all that I would say to someone is, you know, there's a specific breathing technique that that uh, is pranayama yoga, as David Elliott describes. It's probably thousands of years old. Who knows? But he was taught by his teacher Tim Heath um, to just do this simple breathing technique, which is a uh, two-part, two-stage inhalation, one-stage exhalation, all done through an open mouth. So you breathe into your low abdomen, and then your upper chest, and then exhale all through the mouth. And basically, you're really trying to fill up the diaphragm from the bottom and then increase the energy and draw it up into the lungs, building on the lower breath by adding the breath to the upper lungs and then exhaling out. So this clearly, you know, a pretty straightforward way, is highly oxygenating. Mm. And if you keep doing that, not in a frantic, intense, hyperventilating way, but mm. in a consistent, steady way, mm. The sheer increase in oxygen stimulates the hypothalamus, which most yoga people would say is the crown chakra. And that starts to trickle down and the endorphins and everything get going. And basically your system's energy and vibration will start to increase. Mm-hmm. If that happens, people can deal directly with, well, how would I know if I have energy? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I love Sri Patabi Joyce, who, who has blessed us, obviously, with the Ashtanga tradition in yoga. When people will come to him and say, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? I've heard anyway that his tendency is to say, practice and all this coming. He'll just move away from trying to answer the question intellectually to saying, get on the mat, do your work, and you'll start to find your way to these things. The same thing is, I think, true with the breathing. If you start to do the breathing, you'll start to understand energy better more than if I tried to talk about energy, which by the way, these dark energies would love if we just talked about them all the time rather than getting down to the business of breathing because then we're not actually really challenging the places that they most, uh, mm. you know, sort of live in. So that's why I would say to somebody, if you want to learn what kind of energy you have, breathe in that two-stage breathing in the exhale for about five minutes. And if you feel like you're going to freak out or your head's really dizzy or light, you know that you've got something going on. Mm. Um <laughs> that's not entirely related to you because simple mathematics in our head would say, I'm just oxygenating. Why do I feel this dizzy, distracted, uh, frightened, anxious, you name it. And people go through those experiences, not everyone, but some people really feel, wow, that's intense for me. And like, that feels almost threatening to breathe that deeply. When that's the experience, that's when you know, uh, as David says, that's probably the energies that we're working with right there. Mm, <laughs> so things that are resisting in the system that increase are the things that are expressing anxiety, distress, etc. So um, obviously you have to be careful. I don't want someone to do breathing and regress themselves uh, and go into some kind of early uh, life, you know, reenactments. However, <laughs> I, I, I have to say with that caveat that much early life trauma or other things that get that get sort of um, unclogged in the breathing mm. are directly related usually to dark entity energy anyway. So oh. it's, it's not, a, not a process you want to handle without some support and some help, mm-hmm. but don't be afraid at the same time to scratch the surface of, hey, what happens when I breathe? Mm. And then if a lot comes up, seek somebody out, you know, seek me out, seek other people, call David, you know, mm. have a Skype session, and you'll be amazed by the things that can happen in your life if you do. Mm. Is, is there a right time or is there just any time to take take this on 
um because because a lot of times in, in fitness people are like oh i'm overweight i should work out now so so it's not it's not that people mm -hmm. want to do it at a certain time or is it well it's, it's it's interesting because david says himself and this is a reflection of his experience and i tend to agree the breath is not an easy thing to do it's a confronting breath to go <sighs> a lot mm -hmm. is like, wow, that's intense. And so you feel like, you know, you're in kind of, you are kind of in labor in a way you're, you're trying to give birth to something that is higher within yourself into your life. So you're, you're sort of doing your own <laughs> Lamaze breathing or whatever to try to give birth to that thing. And yet he says, you know, as much as it produces wondrous things, people do resist it. Even he can resist it. I can resist it. Cause it's, there's something disarming about giving yourself over to the idea that you are way beyond usually what you think you are, right? So, mm -hmm. so your mind will sort of say, well, no, you're just this, you're just that. And what David says is, you know, relax the mind, uh, promise it a nice juicy gift after you're done breathing, tell it, you'll give it at some nice intellect or a video game or a TV show to watch. But for right now, love the brain and ask it to help you by relaxing. And, and just letting you expand beyond what it thinks uh, in this moment. And I love what he says, because he says that the brain is a masculine thing in all of us. Mm -hmm. It's very aggressive. It wants control. It wants to do that. And it wants answers, and it wants it to be the way it wants it to be. So getting the brain to cooperate with us is very important. Honoring it for its intelligence, being grateful to it, and then also saying, if you can help me, brain, relax while I breathe and try not to freak out, the dizziness, lightheadedness, all that stuff that people can experience, subsides, and the door is open. So if there's a good time, it's really the time, any time when someone is going to say, I don't want to be aggressive with myself in terms of personal change, but I do want to be kind of insistent. You know, I want to insist that, you know what, it can be better than it is. It really can. And I've had people come to me and say, I used to be, you know, 75% of the time I was really angry and now it's just 50 and I'm like, that's awesome. And come on now, uh, <laughs> we can do even more, can't we? You know, like, why does it need to be there? Why does, why does 50% need to be enough? I mean, we have to think, yes, that's progress, but keep going, keep going until our hearts are really starting to notice what's true. Mm. Um, so that's where I would say that, you know, Yes, when you're overweight, obviously, probably a good idea to start getting in shape, but you need the compassion to set a plan that's realistic. Otherwise, as you know, people will set goals for themselves that are unrealistic. And what's fascinating, Eric, about the way dark energy expresses mm. is it can push people too hard until they injure themselves doing exercise. Mm. It can push people within themselves to not do anything or to do too much. That's what we always have to watch out for is how our, our own psychology plays into that with the ego but also how these negative vibrations will go, oh, you're doing yoga a lot. Well, I'm going to try to get you into that posture you want to get in so bad that you're not quite ready for. And then there goes your knee. There goes this. Mm. They're, they're waiting on those kinds of potentials. And so it's, well, don't do anything at all or do too much or anything imbalancing that they can bring about, they do. And so it's really important, as I said, that David and his really vital, really crucial entity energy release meditation, which I tell people you can sometimes find on Spotify underneath David Elliott. Mm. It's weird. Um, it's, he's mixed in with like three other artists with the same name. But if you scroll down to the See All Singles tab and click on it, you'll be able to find the entity energy release in there. 
And there's nothing more balanced, in my opinion, in addressing this issue because he says people tend to get serious about this. They tend to have their minds flashed to movies like The Exorcist. And mm. he says, you know, it's important not to get crazy about it, but it's also important to take it seriously enough to recognize that um, uh, it's an issue. Yeah. You know, it's an issue. So, so uh, while we're recording this, which is late 2016, getting into 2017, there's a stressful holiday season going on. Would there be any practical application to your energy and breathing that you talk about? Yeah, I mean, during this time, I think, again, um, we get pretty caught up in our storylines. There's probably no more triggering time for our collective conscience, conscience I guess, around like when things are, quote, supposed to be special or different. So this is a really weird time where a lot of us tend to think, oh, hey, you know, um, this life really is special and I'm just me in this human form and my storyline. And I love what the breath can do to expand you beyond that. I think meditation um, is actually equally helpful in that regard. I think Eckhart Tolle's power of now should be under everyone's Christmas tree, <laughs> tree <laughs> to help people relax into the idea that, boy, we're not just our, our egoic mind. We're not just our storylines. We're, we're really not. Um, I try to find a balance between that sort of eternal collection of molecules that's just consciousness that's, you know, sort of um, what I think his name is Mark Epstein calls thoughts without a thinker that we're just Buddha consciousness, just pure light. Mm. I like to counterbalance that with our storyline and with David's idea of love as the most powerful thing in the universe. So that's the dance I try to do in my own life and try to help my clients do. And it's actually an outgrowth of a quote by a guy named Nisargadatta. I can't remember his full name, but he says, love tells me I'm everything. Wisdom tells me I'm nothing. My life unfolds between these two. Hmm. And so I like to do that dance around this time so that when we feel precious, like, well, I didn't quite get that gift I wanted or I, or I couldn't be the perfect gift giver to the other person or this or that, we can get a little bit precious around that time mm. and we can get a little bit, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge with our wisdom in a way that we hold off our wisdom and say, well, wait, you know, come on. Uh, the, my favorite story about Chogyam Trungpa is the, this, this sort of, quote, bad boy of Buddhism when he came over from Tibet. He said, he was said to have been sitting out with another meditation master in a garden, forested area for quite some time. And after a while, he just began laughing. And he said to the other guy that was there, the other master, he said, uh, and they call that a tree. And they just both started laughing because they're so immersed in pure consciousness at that point. Mm. <laughs> They'd so done their work as meditation masters that they could feel simply the pure energy and consciousness of all things. And kind of the silliness of giving something so wondrous as that energy a name in the first place. And then, uh, I, I, I don't want to go too far in that direction, but it feels to me like all of this is the tug of war here. Mm -hmm. All of it is a pull between love and wisdom and doubt. Doubt's my sort of thing. I mean, I'm writing that book right now about the coin that says on one side is love, on the other side is wisdom, and on the edge of the coin is doubt. Mm -hmm. I like to dance between those realities. And it, it helps a lot because people can get pretty serious on each one. You know, we can get pretty stuck on these 
aspects of life. You know, where's God? What did this happen to me? Or there's nothing. It's just all a, a void. Okay, you know, we, we can. There's truth in each of these concepts. We just have to do a dance, in my opinion. Um, to really, if, for me anyway, I like to find balance by by being able to shift gears around those three principles. Right, absolutely. I, I wanted to ask you this, and I, I'm thinking that there's some people listening to this who would like to know as well. What's one or two things they can do right away um, to help themselves improve their health um, with this energy and breathing? Is there um, some take-home take um, activities? Yeah, I would love, again, to, to practice the two-stage breathing by themselves um, and to, you know, again, for more information, they can go to David Elliott, you know, healer. He's a, on Google. He's the first guy that will pop up, E-L-L-I-O-T-T. Uh, his website has a lot of stuff. They can also find, as I said, some of those meditations are around on YouTube, I think, though they shouldn't be. Um, some are on Spotify. People can find a lot of the guided meditations with the breath work. The breath is obviously... Uh, you can maybe see visual examples on YouTube of people doing the two-stage breathing in case there's confusion around it, but it's fairly straightforward. So I would say, yeah, go on there, find something, either do the breathing by yourself in a clear space, you know, light a candle, set an intention, maybe burn some white sage, and, and as David says, thank the sage for its impact, um, sort of ask for its clarity, and to, to just, again, open the energy of the space to be protective. And then... Maybe call in if, if, if it's relevant for someone, if they resonate, whatever spiritual idea, concept, figure that really resonates or speaks to them, if there is one, or call in the forces of nature um, and set the space and then do the breathing and see what comes up. I mean, if they can ask for their guides or their ancestors to be there, um, any number of things can really help. But mostly it's just sitting down and being willing to, and an atheist could sit down and go, I'm going to breathe. Mm. Yeah. I'm just going to breathe and see how I feel and let them be introduced to the world of energy. Call it quantum physics if you want. Roll with it. But just breathe and, and see what it does in your life to expand your consciousness past this limitation, past mm -hmm. this anxiety. Um, so that would be my recommendation. Real quick, how much time? Just to do pretty much, yeah. yeah. How, how much time um, would you suggest? I would, I, I, yeah. I, I love David's uh, spiritual practice, which is a kind of daily practice where he gives people options. Seven minutes, 12 minutes, 21 and 28 minutes. Feel through it. At least seven minutes a day is great to do um, if people can do that. Mm -hmm. I think in the early stages, they should try more mm -hmm. if they can um, just to see. But again, if something comes up and then something can come up, just so you know, mm -hmm. if stuff comes up for people when they try the breathing and they're just deeply confused or overwhelmed by what's happening, one, they should clear space a lot, maybe use some essential oils, or it's possible, Eric, that they're coming up against or trauma, other issues that could be rooted in the soma, the rest of the physical body. There's many, many complex layers that can emerge. If that happens, they're certainly free to sort of reach out to me or someone in the field who can say, here's what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to, to sort of soothe and, and comfort around that. And at least even conceptually, I don't mind taking some time if people are going to reach out and say, hey, I did the breathing and uh, thanks, buddy. You know, <laughs> holy cow, I've been stressed ever since, or I've had a headache, or I've had this, and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, to just have some patience and say, well, that's, something's in transition there, something's mm -hmm. emerging, and that's very crucial to remember, mm -hmm. is that if your brain starts to freak out, and you simply, again, remember the math, and say, all I did was increase oxygen, anything in your brain that says this is a terrible idea, be suspicious of it, mm. 
just be suspicious yeah. because why can't you increase oxygen? <laughs> right. Um, so that, that's the greatest trick that these kind of energies yeah. pull is that they confuse and disorient. So yeah. just bear that in mind. What, what's the short list of expect people? What, what could they expect? What's a short list when they do this? Just real quick. Uh, again, to be challenged, I think, around how they see themselves, especially their minds. Um, that happens with me a lot when I do the breathing is I can feel my mind going, what are you doing? This is like a roller coaster. What are you doing? Mm. And then I try to relax the mind, let go of the mind, let go of the body. And it's limitation in physical space. Like I'm not just my brain. I'm not just trying to let go of my body enough so that the energy that I feel really informs our reality that, that is, as Master Wason Liao in Oak Park would say, everything's energy. Yeah, that's, I don't, you know, I do a lot of deep tissue body work and I like a donut. You know, I, I'm a human, I'm on this plane, but energy really does for me inform this. And when you do the breathing, you can reconnect to it. Mm. At the same time, I still go to see, you know, my favorite guy over at the Harlem Irving Plaza Mall, Zhang, who does great body work, is out, <laughs> you know, in this little kiosk in the mall. I found this diamond in the rough, this great guy who does awesome body work there, mm. uh, and I'll go and see him. And when he works on my hips, I'm like, dude, my hips hurt. So I'm not, I don't go there thinking, oh, I'm just energy. I go there thinking I'm also muscles, I'm also form. Right. Um, and that's, that's really what I want people to try to do is just remember that it's one dimension of your healing. It's one dimension of your life. But it's the easiest one to do. Uh, not Well, it's the easiest, most available one to do. Probably the hardest one to do mm -hmm. in, in practical terms because it's so hard to confront the limitations of the way we see ourselves right. man do we get a lot out of it if we can do it this this um topic is is not a 30 minute topic and i'm sure there's so much more <laughs> you can dive into and, and perhaps we'll have yeah. to do that um in the meantime what, what is your uh how do people get a hold of you uh they can uh, reach out to us through the website uh innerspringwellness.com um where my wife Sonia and I have our our space here in Oak Park, people can see us um, here at sixty five twenty five West North Oak Park, North Avenue Oak Park, and uh, right next to the closed down IHOP. Um, <laughs> for those people who know the area, um, and obviously just call our office seven zero eight four four five zero zero one two, and uh, we'll be able to definitely yeah. get back to anybody who reaches out. And also, you know, I think. The website has all the email contact, okay. but it's innerspringwellness.com. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have social media? Uh, my Sonia is really in charge of that. I'm kind of not well-versed in it, to be honest. Um, we do. We have a Facebook page. I, I don't know where where it is. <laughs> no, that's I'm okay. Sure we'll make sure we'll add it. Yeah, just give it to me and we'll add it into yeah, the show that's notes. that's cool. For sure. That's awesome. That's great. Um. Like I said, Kevin, there's so much that you can dive into with this topic and, and perhaps we need to do another one. I'll have to stop by and definitely visit to introduce myself. Um, yeah. Maybe before the end of the year or perhaps right after. But I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, so much wealth of information. I know my audience will uh, listen to this a few times just to get the information down and perhaps those names, uh, David Elliott and all those good things we'll probably put in the show notes as well. But um that's great. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. And um, for now, uh, we'll let you go. Thanks so much, Eric, for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show in Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you. So stay active and be safe.